you're listening to the Rent Roll Radio Show with Sterling Chapman. Hey, Rent Roll Radio listeners, welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Sterling Chapman. Today, we're joined with a good friend of mine who we were just chatting, and we've uh, probably talked twice a day for the last two years. Brendan Chisholm, welcome to the show, and uh, thank you for joining us. I know you've been eager to get on. Um, For our listeners, Brendan is uh, one of my partners in the syndication uh, business, and so he is our primary asset manager on both our projects in in Noonan Estates as well as the one in um in Rock Hill and we're we're looking to do a lot more deals together and we we love working together and I'm I'm just uh glad to have him on the show to talk about asset management. Thank you so much, Charlie. It's a pleasure to join the Rural Radio show today. Happy to uh impart some wisdom upon your listeners. Awesome. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got interested in real estate, how you got into uh, syndications and, and how you, you met the group? Sure. It's a little different story than uh, most of the people uh, in the real estate world of how I've got into syndications. Um, I wasn't big into real estate until I bought my first condo uh, that I overpaid for. didn't understand any of the uh, lending that's available to you know, first-time home buyers or just home buyers in general. Um, started listening to podcasts and reading books um, on my long commutes from you know, the tri-state area to either New York City or where I was working in New Jersey at the time. Um, started listening to bigger pockets uh, podcasts, other different types of podcasts as to you know, how to create some passive income uh, for myself. Um, right around the time, this was right around 2017, 2018. Um, Finally started going to real estate meetup groups, networking uh, of the such. And I believe one of the first podcast, uh, one of the first networking groups I went to, uh, there was a gentleman there who started talking about multifamily and the amount of you know, wealth that could be uh, created through, you know, purchasing larger scale multifamily apartments. Uh, so one of the first real estate networking events I went to, there was a gentleman there who started talking about multifamily, five plus unit apartment buildings and the different types of ways in which you could create wealth, you know, generational wealth for uh, your family. Uh, and I was super intrigued by it. Uh, actually, a couple months later, I joined, joined his coaching platform. Uh, he's a former guest of yours as well. Um, and you know, took that as my you know, first year or two of just understanding the fundamentals and the concepts of multifamily investing. Um, over the course of you know the next year or two, um, tried sourcing uh, multifamily apartments in my home market, which is based in you know, I'm based in Fairfield County, Connecticut, uh, and nothing came to fruition. I uh, had a couple deals under contract. One was a 25 unit, another was a 37 unit. Uh, you know, about 45 minutes away from where I live, uh, got to PSA for one of them. Uh, and the, the deal fell through when the appraisal didn't, uh, w- when we missed on the pricing on the appraisal. And, uh, that was two months before COVID I took a little break, uh, after that, uh, just figuring out ways in which I could impact, uh, or grow my own net network and uh, brand while you know in the midst of covid i started running a newsletter and just studying everything that was uh, commercial real estate and uh it was probably around like end of august of 2020 uh where you know, 
one of our partners who does our acquisitions, the man behind the curtain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's an inside joke amongst amongst our team. Uh, but uh, him and I met, I think it was early 2020 before COVID started and just kept on talking back and forth, you know, as the ways in which we can improve or underwrite deals or figure out how to asset manage those deals as well. Um, so I knew him and then he told me about a deal that he got under contract in Georgia, which turned out to be noon in the States. Um, and I was trying to help raise equity with another person at that time. Uh, the deal that I was trying to raise equity for, um, it fell, we had it back out of contract and shortly thereafter, uh, that, that same gentleman asked me to join the partnership team or join, be a general partner for the noon in the States deal. And you know, since that time, um, yeah, you're my relationship as Blossom, as well as you know, the team that we're working with. So you, we all kind of have very unique roles in the in the the process. And um, one thing that has been a huge for me this go round um, is the amount of of time and energy you put into the the day to day asset management piece of of the project. Yeah. Can you walk us through? Um, what that looks like on your end, you know, um, how you organize that, what you look for, who you're communicating with the most, what is, what is your participation? Walk us through what like true asset. Cause I mean, at, at the conferences and from the gurus and on the podcast, all you really hear about is, is the acquisition side. Hey, you need to go meet brokers. You need to go cold call true owners. And then the capital raising side, you know what I'm saying? Like, but but there's a lot of work in between those and uh, and then you're the you're the guy carrying those tools so can you walk us through what that looks like sure um one of the big things with asset management is carrying out the business plan for the, that you had at the acquisition um at the time of acquisition you know, figuring out where you need to be uh for vacancy occupancy all of the such uh, so for me, it's you know, a very, very organized individual and just making sure I can collect all of the data that is provided to us from our property management company when it comes to reporting to make sense of all the numbers that we're doing. Um, looking at, you know, on a, a daily, weekly, monthly basis, looking at some, what the rent comps are in our market. Um, if, if there's where to push uh, at the time to see if there's opportunity for you know, rent increases uh, or just making sure that we're, we're heading on to a, a certain occupancy level. What, who I'm collaborating with every single day, uh, we have a wonderful third-party property management team in Vicinia. So we're doing, you know, I'm, I'm constantly in contact with them uh, from their, you know, their financing team, their operators, and then speaking on a weekly basis with our regional portfolio, our regional property manager, you know, just figuring out what's going on at the property level to make sure that we're, we're doing what we need to do at the general partnership on the general partnership team to make sure that we're providing the best experience for our residents as well as our investors. Um, so you know, we have, you know, we're getting weak. What I'm trying to do is get weekly reporting and put it together to make sense for everybody just to understand it from a high level, but really digging into the details to make sure that we're firing on all, on all cylinders. Part of it too is you know, our, you know, our first deal, it was five, six guys who 
are brand new to syndication. Uh, we had one of them who had some experience, but it was just trying to find this, my strength, which was organizational skills and making sure that, Hey, we, we're running a true business. So making sure there's meeting minutes, making sure that we are putting time on, you know, on a weekly, on a weekly basis into the business and making sure that we're addressing any concerns or tasks that we need to, and then assigning them out or just, you know, taking the ball and running with them. Awesome. Tell me about the debt piece of the equation. Do you handle that as well with the draw request and, and, I've I've heard you go a little deeper into the weeds on on the um, the debt piece than I typically like to to do. So can you elaborate a little bit on what that looks like on these projects? Sure. Uh, so for Noonan Estates, uh, our our first deal, one of the I, I, for having the uh, going through that the uh, coaching uh, courses um, we were introduced to a bunch of new people within the industry. And I used that and I levered that relationship that I had uh, to reach out to our debt broker. Um, We were able to source, he was able to use that or the relationship that we have, we were able to use that and find the the necessary debt that we wanted to place onto the property. it's one of those just making sure that he has those relations. He being the debt broker has those relationships to find the, the right uh, type of debt we want to place on, on our deal. Uh, and it, it worked out, um, worked out for us that he was one of the few people uh, that could find us a non-recourse loan at you know, favorable terms. Uh, he does a similar job to us. And he underwrites the deal based off of what information that we've provided to him. And then he presents it as a business case uh, to all of his banking relationships or uh, bridge lending relationships like we have on, on the current deal. Uh, for the draw request that we're using, uh, that's just you know, our, our third party property management team is the ones putting all of the invoices together uh, for us to be able to review what work has been completed. And then it's just you know, verifying, okay, has the work been done and signing off on it. You know, we're seeing more and more uh, with, as we go through our new deal uh, in Rock Hill, South Carolina, that there's more mobilization fees uh, involved to make sure that all of the contractors are on place. So it's making sure on the back end too, with our, our bank accounts are fully funded, that we have a reserve account that is allowing us to not make sure, to allow us to make sure that you know, all the boots are on the ground and hammers are still you know, hammering nails in uh, if there's a delay in uh, processing a draw. So what have you, what is something that you learned during Noonan that you implemented in Rock Hill to make the process more efficient? I, my background is, an oper- I was an operations manager and program manager uh, for corporate 500 companies, uh, Fortune 500 companies prior to this. And one of the first things that I implemented was just those meeting minutes and those tasks um, on a weekly basis to understand what's what's what has happened over the past week prior to our new meeting that we need to address immediately, uh, and hopefully, and then making sure that the previous tasks either have been you still have attention to or have have been completed we're in the midst right now to avert de- of developing our own asset management tracker to be able to identify our, our internal kpis 
And we've been able to use the tailwinds that we have received from Noonan and be able to apply that to what we're doing now at, uh, in, in the Rock Hill deal. I think it, what, we're, what we're building towards for our own asset management tool, uh, you know, we're taking best practices from other syndicators, other books that we're reading, and then refining it to making sure that those are the metrics that we want to push to make sure that we're optimizing the, the revenue and expenses for our business. Absolutely. So what, what, what did you learn during Rock Hill that you, we might do differently in our next project? Quicker mobilization of a rehab crew? <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing that we're, we're trying to work towards right now. You know, we're mobilization of, of the, trying to figure out how to make sure that the boots are on the ground and the hammers are hammering away as quickly as possible. So there's no lag time from the time that we close the deal until, you know, until we can actually start construction. We could see that as a miss right now that we've had for, for our team. Uh, however, right now it's, we're ready to go. Uh, or should say primed and ready to go. It's now making sure that everything is in process. Um, yeah, that would be most of it from an asset management perspective. Um, one of the things that I found, one of the recommendations I made uh, for our team was since it's such a, we're, since we're doing, since we're doing such heavy value add deals, it, it would be best to try to uh, bring in our own interior designer to help optimize the space that we're trying to renovate because you know four to six guys trying to sit around a, a zoom <laughs> call on a tuesday night until the hours of the morning is is not the best time no, um, I, I don't like this shade of of our time. i don't like this shade of teal <laughs> yeah it's yeah, we ha we all have other skills and you know we should make sure that we're strengthening to those skills um and you know, some of that you know for some it's it's joyful times for other people like you or myself i think uh we just agree with the majority. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so what's next for you, Brendan? What do you, what does the future look like in commercial real estate? Next for me, um, just continue to refine, refine my processes within the asset management um, piece for our current group. Um, I really want to be able to test my own bandwidth as to, to to be able to see how much we can stress test our our, our team. You know, we we got the first deal done uh, in Noonan. Um, we had a lot of like, there was a lot of tailwinds there to make sure that the numbers were there. But we, we our basis was wonderful, and we we paid attention to a lot of um, the details for the capex as well as where rents needed to be. I think we're in a similar boat with, with Rock Hill as well. Um, what I ideally like to see is us being able to manage more projects at, you know, simultaneously uh, and really see where our bandwidth lies. Um, so that's it from an asset management perspective, making sure that those trackers that we're, that we're implementing are also uh, being able to seamlessly go over to each of the, each of the deals that we're doing. And then on a personal side too, it's just being able to grow um, as a capital raiser as well. And that's not one of my core strengths right now. It's something that I'm working towards uh, well, as we get. Do you? Go ahead. So there's there's two schools of thought around this, and one is that like 
you should like try and get better at other things that you're not good at. And then there's the, I think Gary V is the one who's like triple down on your strengths, you know? And, and I'm a big believer in that. Cause there's a lot of things I'm not good at. There's like a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at. And, and I spent years going in circles trying to get better at these things I'm not good at. And, um, and I had a lot more success when I, I just gave up and just really focused on the, the areas that I am good and, and, uh, partnered up with other people that are really great in other areas. Like, um, and I'm just, I'm wondering, you know, are you, is your intention to try and try and carry every aspect or you, is your intention to just focus down and become like the best asset manager to where anybody would want that asset manager on their team? It's the latter. Uh, you know, I knew I had to probably provide a quote uh, for this as to what. That's because that's because unlike some of our other partners, you listen to the Rent Roll Radio Show. That that's correct. <laughs> so I can sh- I'll, I'll share the quote with you right now, um, and I'm it, sure we can repeat it again. What is it? But uh, or we can go later in the Let's show. Wait, Let's and, wait. And, you're and, messing up. You're, okay. you're messing up my flow. I don't want to. I don't want to mess up your feng shui. <laughs> Uh, so no, it's, it's the latter Sterling. Um, you know, not just that. Um, and, I, know, and I, I say that from a standpoint of like, if mm-hmm. I was trying to, if I was trying to, um, underwrite and create spreadsheets and create financial models, like some of our partners do, I would probably not have any time to do any of the things that I'm good at. Because right. I'd spend all of my time doing that. And like, I just, you know what I mean? There, there are a few things I'm good at and I feel like right. if I can spend all of my time doing that, like I, f- I feel like we can be more productive as a group. If like you're doing what you're really good at and I'm doing what I'm really good at, you know, that <clears throat> I say that about a lot of things about like the ability to pass things on, the ability to take on partnerships, the ability to hire people, the ability to not do things that you don't like doing and not do things that you suck at. You know, I think back to like when I turned my properties over to property management. So when right before I got into commercial, when I was just I was just buying single family and like duplexes and I think a couple of fourplexes, I was managing my own properties and it was terrible because I suck at managing properties. I mean, I'm good at like I'm good at filling units, right? I've got a sales background. So a tenant comes and I'm like, Oh, you're going to sign today. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I have a sense of urgency about it that like nobody else really ever will about my property. Right. I was meeting people at 10 AM on a Sunday or 7 PM on a Friday. Right. And so, so I was good from like a leasing perspective, but what I was terrible at was maintenance. You know, like I didn't grow up in a, you know, like I've gotten better about construction rehab and all these houses lately, but like, you know, in the early days, like I didn't know how to fix anything. Like people would call me and like nine o'clock on a Tuesday and they're like, Oh, there's a leak. And I drive, I'd leave my house. I crawl out of bed, leave my house, drive across town and go, sure enough, it's a leak. We better call a plumber. Like, I don't know how to fix a leak. You know what I mean? Right. But in my mind, I would just calculate like all the money I would be spending on property management. And at the time I had, 26 properties and i just i i, I ran a I, I hit capacity like i had a newborn i had a podcast i had you know a day job and, and i was just run ragged and so i turned it over to property management and since then like it's exponentially grown 
And right. that that was that was right at two years ago. It was the beginning of 2020. And I mean, if if I was still managing my properties, I'd still have 26 units. I would never yeah. have the time to do what we did in commercial real estate. I'd never had the time to fix up all those houses. I mean, so the 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 act of like giving it away so I could focus on the things that I enjoyed and I was good at has um, has really been huge for me. I think to address your question, yeah, it's I, I've been focusing more on the asset management because that's where my strength lies. And I'm going to double down on that strength because we have the four of us right now, we have a very good team of individuals who are are strong at one or two things. And that's why we complement each other so well. You with your capital raising and your your ability to market yourself. And the other two gentlemen, both capital raising as well as um, helping out with the acquisitions. Me on the asset management side. So I'm I'm doubling down on that as well because that's where my core strength lies right now uh, within commercial real estate and apartment investing. I'm investing in... You, you do your investing in the marketing aspect of it. I do my investing on like the project management side of it. You know, I've implemented a Monday.com uh, for our team, which is a project management software to make sure that there's there's accountability from the people who take the tasks as well as uh, just oversight into the entire thing. It's you know I'm trying to take what's in the back of my brain and systematize it. And being able to allow for a more seamless process to allow for other ways in which we can improve the property from an asset management perspective. Awesome. Awesome. So real quick, I want to hop over to our radio round so you get a chance to talk about your quote. Um, Just, I mean, you know the drill. So the first question is, what's your favorite book? Favorite book? The Richest Man in Babylon. Is it? Uh, I just... It is just, it's one of those things where they've taken Babylonian parables and 4,000 years ago of how people manage their, their wealth and uh, personal finances and how it's, it transcends over generations that you, you keep you keep your money and you make your money. Yeah. No, I mean, I read it. It's a great book. Um, Cool. Cool. What's your favorite quote? Uh, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick a thousand, 10,000 times by Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, it goes back to you know, per- persistency. And, you know, that's one of my, another thing that uh, I've been able to take and being able to apply it to this asset management um, role within, within our syndications. You know, it's not the sexiest thing that we're trying to do. Uh, but it, it, it needs to be done and the job needs to get done and making sure that there's somebody here on the back end to be able to, to continue pushing the, the hog forward. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what is your favorite thing to do when you're not working? Uh, hang out with family, exercise, run, golf and ski. Nice. Got two little boys, uh, two and a half year old and an eight month old and a beautiful wife. And the time I am able to spend with them when we're not focusing on this and our nine to five is, uh, it's quite valuable. If y'all want two more boys, I've got a couple I can send up there. Brad, about the same age. No, two two is perfect. You know, it allows for man to man coverage yeah. with my wife and myself. Oh man! Um, and on the ski, you know, I just went skiing, and I still, um, I'm still hurt from skiing. I don't know if I told y'all this. So I, 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 I got 
overconfident um, about five minutes in. I was like, dude, I could do that. And I like put it straight down and boom, I, I hit the ground. And uh, I think I bruised a rib because every time I cough or sneeze, it feels like I'm having a heart attack for about 30 minutes. And I'm pretty, yeah, you may want to get that checked out. That happened to me last, last year when I went skiing before we had, you know, before when I was able to do so uh, prior to uh, the boys, but yeah, similar, similar thing. I just went straight down and probably had the top speed and, all over and it made my trip to the uh to the lodge much quicker than i was hoping for yeah my wife wants me to get it checked out but i don't have time so (laughs) (laughs) so if for for those of our listeners that want to learn more about you or get in touch with you network with you um how can they how can they find you Sure. You can find me at my website at bkcholding.com or brendanchism.com. Email me is the best way. I'm usually very prompt with my responses. My email is brendan at bkcholding.com. And I have all of those handles on my Instagram, LinkedIn, and uh, Facebook accounts as well. Awesome. Well, Brendan, thanks for joining us today. And thanks uh, for everything you do for us on a day-to-day basis. Um, Like, you know, again, it's one of those situations where I wouldn't be able to do it without you. You know, we wouldn't be able to keep so many balls in the air without all the people that we work with to help it. So it's very much appreciated and uh, look forward to doing a ton of more deals with, with you and the group. Likewise, Sterling. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the rent roll radio show brought to you by Crestworth capital. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. You can also visit us at crestwordcapital.com or rentrollradio.com or follow us on Facebook at rentrollradio or at Crestword Capital. If you would like to reach us, feel free to shoot us an email at info at rentrollradio.com or sterling at crestwordcapital.com. We hope you come back next week to join us on some more of our journey. Until then, happy investing.